My name's Caitlin, and I am looking forward to being convinced of UFOs. Ah, I love to hear that. Yep. Because I'm Zach, and I'm looking forward to convincing you that UFOs <laughs> are a real thing. Well, they're a real thing. We just don't know what they are. And I'm not totally convinced that they're a real thing. So You're not. Okay, we're starting from like the baseline. The basics. I love it. And this is Manipulating the Masses. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. Today, Caitlin, uh, we're going to examine the most like uh, probably like the best PR campaign in history. Um, we're talking about the press tactics and the U S government in regards to UFO cover-ups. Mm. That's the X-Files music, right? Mm. Did you ever watch X-Files? No. Oh, can okay. I tell you a fun antidote though? Yes, you could. My dad was so obsessed with the X-Files and Lindsay or what's her name? Scully. Yes. Yes, I think it's Scully. It's Scully, though. I haven't watched it too much. So my dog growing up was named Scully. (laughs) Your dad loved the X-Files. So much. And I never really got that reference either because I was too young. Um, (laughs) Does he believe in UFOs? Have you ever asked him? God, I'm going to do that after we get off this call. Just like, see, man, what's your your take? You're an X-Files person. You're an X-Files person. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, so... um, with the cover-ups for over 60 years, the government straight up denied the existence of UFOs. It said, no, we don't know what you're talking about, not of importance, which is different than aliens. Let's just clarify that. UFOs are just unidentified flying objects. Aliens are a completely different thing. But now, recently, the uh, Department of Defense released a report admitting the existence of UFOs and stating there are like 144 cases that they can't explain. The military has no idea what these things are, and but they're out there, and they've released footage of them tracking these weird type of uh, crafts flying around. How recently did they admit to this? Like, in the past year? Well, so they first admitted it. There was a big New York Times article that came out in 2016, I want to say. Uh, that basically said, oh, they've been putting like $25 million into researching UFOs, like millions of dollars to this little program. I called ATIP, but I forget the full name. Um, but to, it was a group at the Pentagon exclusively dedicated to researching these UFO events that these military planes and ships encounter. I just think it's bizarre because 2016 was not recent and I still have not heard of this. Like I had no idea that the government was just like, yep, by the way, these are real. That was five years ago. Yes. And I was today years old when I found out the UFOs were real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It was. It was like a big. I'm a UFO nerd. I'm a huge nerd on this stuff. I love it. I find it fascinating. So, like within the community, it was like a huge deal. But you think that would have been more mainstream, right? Like not just if you're a UFO enthusiast. If you're just like pay attention to the news, you would have known that UFOs now are a real thing. Like that is kind of the piece of this that blows my mind is I consider myself pretty up to date and I had no 
idea that this this, this was a thing. Well, the, you got to also think about the other things that were going on. It was 2016 and Trump was on the rise. You know, I think it was like the summer before the election. So like it was the battle of Hillary and Trump. So I think it just kind of got lost in the avalanche of political and current events that were going on. But it was definitely a big deal. Uh, so yeah, they just changed course. And for years, I mean, for, you know, 60, 70 years, they just denied it. And then one day they just flipped a script and they're like, yeah, um, these are real. So we're going to take a look at kind of their tactics to keep it under wraps, their tactics for releasing it and how they've kind of manipulated the press and the public uh, in a brilliant way to discrediting UFOs, discrediting witnesses and keeping these programs under wraps. So I, I, the first place I'd like to start off with you is, you know, you're the branding, you're the visual person you're in our company, you, you are the visionary. Um, so like what, what images come to mind when I say UFO? Like what are you getting? Um, obviously the spacecraft itself. I'm getting a nice little oval shape with a little glass mm. cover with a little <laughs> man just sitting in his glass cover. It's a kind of a one person operation and he's yep. just kind of navigating it with a joystick. <laughs> that's how I love it. That's the UFO to me. And is the man an alien? Is you, you referring to, you, you see? He's not okay. a person for sure. Um, he is what I associate with an alien. With what? Like gray skin, big black eyes, yes. like things yes. like that? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, maybe gray would be more accurate. I was going to say green, but that's too, too animated, too cartoonish. Mm. So it, it would mm. be gray. Yeah, that's how, though, just a one man, one man ship. One man operation. I love that you said that because there is a theory in the UFO community that um, those are the real aliens and UFOs. And we've just been been fed them slowly by the government so we can get used to their image and their likeness. So eventually when we meet, it's not like overwhelming and the world is crumbling. So even the emoji alien uh -huh. emoji is like gray with those black eyes so it's like we're being there's this theory that we're being fed these images over and over again so we become used to them apples in on it too god damn it apples in on it <laughs> the emoji everybody's in on a huge conspiracy but we won't get into that you know that's a different discussion what i will get into is i'm a big ufo nut and i know you're not a believer so i'm gonna start this off with my top three favorite ufo cases yes Okay, and we'll just kind of talk through what I what I consider my top three ones. I'd love to hear your feedback. So we know these listicle contents work. Like we drop listicle content for clients all the time. Like the top ten, this the yeah. top five, this. Um, so I figured I'd do the same thing in the podcast. The top three UFO because Zach's top three UFO cases. Okay, we'll get people to listen to it. So the first one, 1976 in Tehran, Iran. I love this one. Um, I find it fascinating. Uh, so let me give you the story. It's like 10.30 p.m. nighttime. Um, there's this air traffic control tower at a major airport in, a, in Iran, and the phone just starts ringing off the hook. They're just getting call after call after call from people in the city saying there's this huge light, this bright light hovering over Tehran, which is the capital of Iran. So it's a big city. 
you know, like it's a big, big city and they're getting calls off the hook. Like that people are seeing this bright light right over the city. And finally, like the air traffic control leader gets fed up. He's like, these people are probably seeing a star. They're probably seeing some like, you know, astrological comet or something like that. And everybody's freaking out. So he goes out to the terrace, he gets his binoculars and he looks out over the city and he sees this bright object hovering about a thousand feet over the city. And it is definitely not a star. It's got like blue and red blinking lights. It's got like just this huge bright light. You almost can't tell the actual ship because it's so bright. You can't see what the ship is made out of. So he is convinced now. And he's like, this is incredible. Like uh, it's got blue blue lights blinking. It's like he thinks it's starfish fish shaped, but he can't really tell. Um, and then he's watching this thing and it just disappears. And then it reappears a mile away in a, in a flash. So it moved like a mile in the blink of an eye, like an incredible speed. And boom, it's over a different part of the city. And then he starts getting worried, right? He's like, what the, what the fuck is this thing? And then he starts getting calls from these planes flying by that they're hearing this emergency signal. Like, is there a downed aircraft? Like, what's going on? Like, there's a, an emergency signal. A plane will release when it crashes so other planes pick up on it. Um, and they're hearing this signal and they're calling in, like, is there a downed plane? Like, I'm hearing this. Emer- and it's coming in from all of these people flying in the area, too. So air traffic control completely panicked, right? So they call the military. Military general does the same thing. He's like, this is nonsense. He goes out, looks over. He sees the thing flying over the city. And he's like, all right, we're sending some fighter jets up to check this out. So he goes, sends, sends this fighter jet. And the guy's flying after it. He sees it. He's flying towards it. Um, but as soon as he's within like, you know, 40 miles or something, the ship starts taking off in the opposite direction. And this guy, I mean, you you know Jets. He's going at like the speed of sound. Uh-huh. He is going super fast uh-huh. and he can't catch this thing. It's like getting away from him. It's moving wickedly fast out of the city, like way off into the desert area around Iran, moving way off. And he just couldn't get close. So he's like, okay, I can't get this thing. It's out of the city. I'm just going to turn around. So he turns around to head back to base. And as he's flying back, it appears right over the city. It just boom, zaps right over the city. And he freaks out. He's like, oh my gosh. So now he's starting to fly towards it again because it's in his path after he turned around. So it went past him somehow, got back into his path. Um, So he turns towards it. And as he's getting closer, all of his equipment shuts down. His electronics, all his mechanical equipment just starts shutting down. He doesn't have any radio. And he is shook. He's like, freaked out just bails heads back to base and then when he gets back he reports everything the general's like okay maybe it's your plane so he got a different pilot in a different plane to go back up there Um, and the new pilot like locks onto it starts heading towards it and as he gets closer the two flashing lights the two blue flashing lights on the end jump off they like disconnect from the main ship and they start flying towards him. And then he, as they get close, again, all his electronics, all everything shuts down in his plane. The pilot starts panicking. And he, as these things are flying towards him, he like tries to shoot a missile. He panics. He's like, I'm trying to shoot a missile. And his missiles won't fire. Like nothing's working. 
it, it just won't happen. And at one point, he thought he was going to collide with this thing because it is they're flying at each other at super speeds. And he tries to eject from the plane. He's like, I need to eject myself because I'm going to crash into this thing. And his eject button wasn't working. And so nothing was working. He had to like do this crazy dart maneuver and just barely misses this thing. And he thought it's gone. He looks back. It's not there anymore. Can I ask, in your opinion, do you think that these blue lights were attacking him? Or what's your opinion of why the blue lights were coming at him? Uh, I think, I think, I think it was, I don't know. It, it, they didn't attack him. So I feel like if they were trying to attack him, they'd attack him. They were just kind of like seeing what was up. What is this thing? What like stealing it out. Um, I have no idea, honestly. And this is why it's one of my favorite because I genuinely have no idea. I love this too, because this is one of the first cases that I've heard where like the military actually gets involved and is like, it's not just spectators being like, oh my God, we saw a UFO. It's like the military sending Maverick up there and saying, can you go investigate this? Um, yeah. Like so and badass. They, yeah. And they have the recordings. They have, you know, like they, that's why I love these, these ones that I picked, like all have like recordings of, of people. Like it's not just some dude on his farm being like it landed in my yard. Like, these yeah. are like they have actual things behind them. Right. Um, yeah. So the guy dodges this object and all of a sudden he's flying away and another one blue light comes towards him and it's just like circling his plane. So he's flying a jet. He's going crazy fast. He's pushing this thing to the he's trying to get away from it. And this blue light is not only keeping up with him, but just like circling him. Just casually running circles around him. Just going around. And this dude is freaked. Like, he's freaked. And so he books it back to the base. He lands. And as soon as he lands, um, a bunch of officials put him in this room. They're like, we're going to debrief you. And there's a bunch of Iranian generals there. And then in walks in a guy from the U.S. government. And he starts, like, just taking notes, asking him everything that happened. And as soon as the pilot got to the part of the story where he was trying to fire his missiles and couldn't do it, allegedly this U.S. colonel um, answered, well, you're probably lucky you couldn't fire on it. So, like, he, the pilot got the feeling that this guy knew what was up or knew something that he wasn't going to say. And that's kind of been a theme in a lot of this. And that's why we're pairing PR with UFOs is a lot of it is the government knows something that they just aren't telling us and what are they hiding why are they hiding it all of those things so do you think this u.s general came in and they had previously tried to shoot at or fire at this thing and they've had experience interacting in that way i guess I, that would be the okay. my conclusion too right. like they must have tried something and it didn't work or they got went terribly wrong i wonder how it went terribly wrong like i wonder if there were casualties or i don't know that's pretty fun to think will about we, i know will we ever know will right ever like know? if the yeah. government's just keeping that under wraps um yeah so that's like number three that's tehran that's that's one of my favorites uh, my second one is actually i like this one because it's it happened at chicago o'hare airport oh shit and it happened in 2006 so it's pretty recent um and it's at the Chicago O'Hare Airport, November 7th. All of these crew members and pilots 
um, for United Airlines and airline workers started radioing in over a gate C7. It's like every time I'm in, I live in Chicago. So every time I'm at O'Hare, I like look out gate C7 because it's like a nerdy thing. This is where they saw this disc. They like are reporting. There's just like a disc, just like the one that you described, like a UFO disc disc, Mm -hmm. just hovering over over the the gate just like sitting there motionless hovering and i like this one because there's audio for it too and you can hear like the radio tower like radioing other pilots and it kind of encapsulates the mentality because these pilots are like come on like you must be drinking you must be high like what are you saying like you're trying to tell me there's a flying disc outside this gate um, and even the flight controller is like, yeah, I can't see it from here, but like we've had a bunch of people radioing in and they're laughing and joking. And then in the end, this dude comes in, he's like, yeah, we saw it like 30 minutes ago. Like <laughs> it was right there. Uh, it was, it was hovering. And then he said it just shot straight up into the sky. Um, and it was overcast that day. So it made like this perfect cylindrical hole in the clouds where the sun was coming through. So it's like, clearly it was something, right? It broke the clouds. Like clearly there was something. It wasn't like a trick of light or something like that. Um, There was something physical that just shot straight up. And I was almost going to send you the audio for it, but I was like, uh, um, but yeah, that is, that it's, it's a fascinating one. And like after the incident, uh, same type of thing. The the FAA, the Federal Air Aerospace Aviation, they monitor the air. They're the government body that monitors all the airlines. Um, and United Airlines uh, said the incident, quote, wasn't worth investigation. They were like, ah, we're not looking into it. It's not worth investigation, whatever. And then despite this, like, you got to think 2006, it's five years after 9-11, and people are reporting something unknown at an, in our airspace. Oh, it, so like, true. Like, you got to think that's going right. to be something serious, right? right. Like, you got to look into that. And But they were like, no, this is nothing. We're not even going to look into it. It's, it's just stupid. Um, and it was until years later through a federal uh, a Freedom of Information Act that uh, revealed they thoroughly looked into this incident so both of them were denying it at the time and it turns out later we got reports for through the uh, freedom of information act that they did some thorough looking into the incident so even hiding the fact that they're just looking at this stuff is part of the pr game um and then their official like incident was like a quote rare weather phenomenon is what they um came included in their report when in doubt blame it on the weather exactly exactly so it shows like even the fact they they will deny even the fact that they're looking into this stuff which is crazy okay and the last one and then we'll get into the other stuff is um the omaha lights so february 20th 1986 there's two plot pilots flying this cargo plane over omaha um, when these two bright yellow lights start approaching the plane um, the two pilots like radio in what they're seeing. They, they're like going back and forth. They're like, they're kind of like bouncing back and forth in front of the pilots. Um, and they're going like ridiculous speeds, like just zoom in along with this plane. And then as they, as one of them gets closer to the plane, you can hear the co-pilot like radio in the lead pilot, like goes into this trance. He like goes into a trance and he turns the plane and starts heading towards a military base, which is known to house like nuclear weapons. Oh my God. So he just like goes into a trance and starts turning and it's in the direction. They don't know where he's going and he doesn't remember any of this, but it's like he was turning towards 
people are speculating, a nuclear base, right? So the co-pilot freaks out. He's trying to correct course. Um, and as the plane turns, the, the lights just zip off. And the pilot comes back. He's like out of his trance as soon as they zip off. Just a few moments later, these lights come back and they do what's called they buzz the plane where they like fly right over it to try to get it to like freak out and move course. And so they're like buzzing over this plane like super close. Um, and these guys are freaking out. They have to like dodge them a little bit. And then as the other one approaches, the pilot falls into a trance again and starts flying towards the military base again. He's just like, won't respond, motionless, just like turns the plane. So the co-pilot's like freaked out. He makes an emergency landing. They radio, all of their like radio and electrical equipment are going haywire again. Like that's a common thing as well. Like mechanical stuff will go wrong and he can't really control it anymore so he's like really working finally like he just like shakes the pilot the pilot like kind of snaps out of it and they're able to make an emergency landing in omaha and as they get off the plane on the tarmac there are two army officers just waiting for them right there like they knew what was happening they got in um as soon as they got off the military guys were like we're gonna interview you we're gonna debrief you all they said was that they're colonels they didn't say what branch of the military or anything and after they like debriefed them and the pilots told these guys what had happened the two guys were basically like yeah we're gonna give you the consequences if you tell anybody about this like one of the officers told one of the pilots that he would reveal that he was having an affair to his wife and like he the pilot mm. was at the time and like how they would know that he has no idea um he told them like th their kids like third grade teacher's name they like knew way too much about these guys and finally they told their story after years and years and years and that's how it got out and the government attributed their emergency landing to technical malfunctions so those are like the three like creepy ones that I like to pull out. Why out of all the UFO? Because uh, they have like, you know, um, a lot of information behind them. It's not just like I said, some dude in the farm, like being like my crop circle, my crop got circled or whatever. Yeah. Um, these are like high level people. These are credible witnesses too. like they're not just crazy people. These are pilots that are hopefully in a good mental state to be flying these huge yeah. aircrafts. So I find those fascinating. So my first question to you, oh, do you have something? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I find it very interesting that these three almost paint the picture of these UFOs being hostile versus everything that I know, which is very little about UFOs. It's very much like, oh, they're friendly. They come in peace. Like all of these stories that I've heard are very much like they're docile and they don't want anything to do with us and these three that have official documentation yeah. uh, are painting them in a very hostile manner so <laughs> yeah i agree you know but nobody got hurt you're right like they are they are like interacting it's almost you no. know like i would think because i'm a believer in extraterrestrial life do i know that they came here no but i'm like you know i'm like that would be awesome so like uh I, if i play that yeah. game my feeling would be like, they're just like testing it out. They're like, what the fuck did these weirdos, these fleshy fucking people build that's flying through the air? Yeah. What is this thing? And they're just like testing it out. What are its capabilities? How far have they come? That would be my kind of walk if I were to believe in that kind of that they are extraterrestrial in origin. Yeah, so I mean, my first question to you is, are you a believer yet? Are you, have, I, have I changed your mind? <laughs> I mean, in the past 24 minutes that we've been on this podcast. 
I would say I'm not fully convinced, but I also know that there is, I think, I think, yes, I think the short answer is yes. Um, the fact that the government has come out in 2016, first of all, that just blows my mind that I didn't hear about it. Who, someone who kind of prides themselves on staying up to date on news that I didn't hear about it blows my mind. But to your point, it was the 2016 election. There was a lot of shit going on. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of life happening at the time. So I think, I think, yeah, the fact that they have just said, yeah, we've been spending money and we've been investigating. But I think I've told you this before, but it's very hard for me to think about something so far outside of my capacity and to really put an image to it mm. is very hard. So there's like, like my brain stops at space. <laughs> I can't even conceptualize other galaxies versus other worlds versus other planets. Like it's too far out there. But look at you go. They're just our little conversations. You're like already talking about other worlds. And I love it. You're getting there. You're just creeping out there slowly. Like Because I, I think what you said got me thinking a little bit where you're like, you know, I like to think that the, I do believe in extraterrestrials is what, it, is what you said. And it kind of got me thinking like there's there's too much space out there for these things to not exist. Yeah. So I'm, that's kind of where my belief stops is yeah. th there has to be something else out there. There's too many galaxies. There's too much space. There's too much of everything, <laughs> but I just can't conceptualize it. It's very hard for me to assign something that I don't, I can't relate to. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Though. Got me thinking. Yeah. I love it. I, I agree. The math is what I tell people is the math is in the, our favor uh, as yeah. like believing it. Like the math is on our yeah. side that there's life somewhere else. Just the sheer number of infinite space that's out there. Yes. Um, it's on our side. Okay. So let, let's play this game. So why do you think the government would go through so much trouble to, to keep the press and the public from knowing it? Why, what's your like gut instinct? Why would they want to hide this? I stuff? mean, I think we like to hate on the government, right? Like the government hides a lot of stuff from us. But <laughs> I think if you release something like this, it creates mass panic. Mm. And how do they contain you know, how 85 million or however many people there are in the United States, let alone Tehran, Iran, yeah. uh, you know, globally, how do you, how do you contain global awareness and say, yeah, there's something really freaky out there. We don't know how to handle it and we don't know what to do with it. So good luck with that information. May the forces be ever in your favor. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's, I, I, I think it's just, they don't want to upend the status quo to a point, you know, like Jesus, if we, if we admit there's other worlds, like, and yes. we are in contact with them, like, and let alone just the panic of sheer, like existential crisis, but like yes. not even more like the, the, the economy, like, you know, if they're not using oil to travel, that throws our economy in shambles, right? Like oil is like the cornerstone of our economy right now like that just throws everything into shambles so i think you're right like they do it to keep the status quo to a point so i wanted to play this hypothetical with you let's say you are the press secretary the pr you know you're you're the front facing public face of whatever we want to call it the ufo division of the government <laughs> um you're the press secretary so how would you navigate on the PR end, like keeping the press away from these things, but also like not 
discrediting these credible witnesses? Like how, what, what's your tactic to kind of like walk the line? What do you see? If you have any, are you just kind of like stumped by that? I mean, again, I like to hate, we all like to hate on the government, but, and to a point it is very discomforting how they have the power to keep this type of information from us. Mm. I don't like thinking about that. But on the other hand, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that there's more psychos out there than there are sane people. So can you even imagine what these psychos would do with this information and the type of conspiracies that this would lead to and the type of movements and just the type of politics that would be involved in this? It's like beyond scary to me to think about. I think you and I are in a very small population that has our wits about us and (laughs) can think critically about these things. So I don't know. I would say that I would probably withhold this information. I hate to say it because you and I really value transparency with our company, with our clients. Like we say sometimes way too much, but we're like, Hey, this is us. We're honest. We're transparent, you know, whatever. But in this scenario, I'd be like, you know, these psychos don't need to know about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. They don't, they already know too much. (laughs) What would you do? Would you, are you of sound? Would you release this information? I mean, like I would, I, I'd like to say I would because I'm just, I want them to do it so badly as like a citizen, as like an average citizen. But Me like, too. I know the bureaucrat, like the bureaucratics at play if you're in that role, like uh, what? So I, I, I don't know. Like I would want to, obviously, you never know what you do in the moment. I would really want to though. And they've like all the presidents, like Clinton, Obama, like all of these guys have said, that's like one of the first things they ask about. And really? the military doesn't even tell them. The president of the United States, you cannot access these files. Okay, but one tactic that I would do, or that the government did, one tactic that the government did, I actually just did on you, Caitlin. <gasps> and that is disinformation in the space. So out of those three stories I just told you, one of them I completely made <gasps> up. And you can see how it's so hard because you're talking about such fantastical things in this space to just inject false things. I trusted you, Zach. Yeah, yeah, just like everybody trusts the government. Well, not everybody, but, you know. um, Yeah, do you have have a thought about which one was the fake one? I mean, first of all, I no longer trust anything you say. (laughs) Second of all, it's like... I think when you put it into that like two truths and a lie scenario, they all are so practical because they're all along the same lines that I'm forced to believe the one. I'm forced to believe all three scenarios because you told me that these three things have happened and here's information surrounding them. (laughs) Exactly. And the government did the same thing. This is exactly what they did. Yes, please. Which one, which one do you think that was the fake Okay. So, um, full transparency. When you told me that the Chicago O'Hare had a picture of this oval in the sky, the first thing I did was hit Google. So I know that that one's true. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say like, okay, like Um, I tried to find photographic evidence of this circle in the clouds because out of that whole story, like that for some reason was what I was most interested in. Yeah. Um, so I do know that one's true. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say this Iran one was a lie. 
That one was actually true. That's a true, oh, that's a true event. I thought it was a lie because when I asked you what the blue lights were doing, you didn't really have an answer for it. Yeah. So I thought maybe he didn't think that one through all the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's actually very true. But they have like the actual, yeah, they have the actual like recordings of the pilot. He has like spoken at conferences about his experiences. He's like come out and been like, this is, this really happened to me. Um, the 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 one was where the pilot went into a trance and like kept going towards a military base. That one was completely bullshit. I just made that up right before we were recording. And I this. had to believe it. I didn't have any other option but to believe it. Yeah, and I think that's what they did. The government did so well with this UFO, uh, you know, phenomenon. And we see companies doing it a little bit too. You know, I especially in like new markets like CBD. Like um, mm -hmm. those detox teas where like the there's a little bit of like pseudo-ish science. Yes. It's yes. just like it's just talking about fantastical things, but they're feeding a lot of disinformation around that. And we've seen that with marijuana legalization in our marijuana legalization podcast. They feed yeah. disinformation um, and they use it very well. And that's what they did with you. It's so close to the truth that you do, you are forced to believe it. So in the CBD reference that you made, it's kind of like CBD companies cannot make medical claims, but they can say, oh, this will calm you down at night, but it doesn't fix the anxiety. But the word choice that they choose to use, calm you down, you associate those words with anxiety. So you're saying, and now, you know, you tell all of your friends, oh, this product can calm down your, or this can alleviate you of anxiety, although the company itself never actually made that claim. Mm -hmm. um, but it's close enough to the truth. Yes, I totally agree. And that's what they did. That's what the government did with UFOs. So let me tell you about Richard Doty. So Richard Doty was a special agent in the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. So he was special inside. He was like special inception. He was a special agent inside the special investigations. He was double special. Um, and he worked there in the 70s and 80s. And his whole directive, his, his directive as a special agent in here was to integrate himself into the UFO community, into people researching like Roswell or like, you know, any UFO crash. He's kind of like amateur researchers that are like trying to hunt down these things. He, he, he was integrating himself into the community and he would like advertise himself. He's like, yeah, I work with the government, but like, I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to give you government information for your book or your research or to, for you to break the case. So he would like do this often. And, and there, was a, there was a few people that did this. It wasn't just him. They were called Mirage Men. And they would go through and they would just like inject themselves and just feed these guys disinformation. And it would blend in with like, if they were really onto something, they'd like blend it with true information. Like the false story I told you, you know, like um, mechanical stuff going down, like people going into a trance when it gets close. Like that's real stuff. That's been recorded. Just not in that incident. Right. Mm. Like they take these little nuggets and they spin it and they just put in false stuff to make it sound so fantastical and ridiculous that uh, people don't believe it. So uh, he would basically blend true and false information. Can you think of any other? I mean, we have CBD, detox tea. Can you think of any other situation where you've seen this happen? Like as far as press goes? Blending 
a false narrative with mm -hmm. hints of the truth. Mm -hmm. Campaign fucking managers have a marketing strategy involved. Absolutely. So I would thank God we aren't campaign managers. I would feel horrible. I, worked, I couldn't sleep at night. I worked in politics for one cycle and I was done. <laughs> I was like, no more. No so more. did you push out some of this like disinformation? Was that part of your? No, but I tried to flag it. I'll do a quick anecdote is um, we were working. I was working on the cannabis legalization campaigns in the 2016 election. Uh, so Nevada, Arizona, Florida for medical. So mm. I was kind of in the group that was like spearheading these movements. Right. And I was running marketing campaigns for them. We were running what we had a content producer that we were working with a, a very prominent marijuana blog, right, that we were working with. And we'd like put out content for them, like marijuana based content, feed them and they'd post it. And it was basically like a campaign promotion. Um, and we mm -hmm. noticed that with this marijuana blog, if we put out any piece that had the words Hillary Clinton and lying in it, and it could have been, we. I did about six variations because I saw this. It was like, you know, is Hillary Clinton lying about her marijuana stance? Or Hillary and Bill Clinton not lying about former marijuana use, like they actually did it. Anytime we put those keywords in there. It would get traction. It would blow up. It like 15 times the regular amount of shares, 20 times, like explosive. So like I did some digging, you know me, I'm an analyst. So I was like, why are these ones blowing up? Like this seems weird. So I start digging into the actual people like sharing this. And I'm just coming across account after account after account. That's nothing. They're set up like a real person. They have like real, they have like three pictures. It's standardized. They each have they're three bots. pictures. They have a profile picture. They're set up. They're, they're scattered all over the U.S. And they're, but they're just, their actions are just sharing, 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 sharing. Oh my God. So they, just to clarify, someone set up bots to crawl the internet and look for the keywords Hillary Clinton and lying and then republish this information to Facebook. No, just share it on Facebook. Just share, share it. it. Share it on Facebook. And then, you know, conservatives would get a hold of this information and repurpose it. And oh my God, that's how everything gets started. Exactly. Exactly. Whoa. So who do you think set up these bots? Russia. Russia. Oh yeah. my God. I think it was absolutely Russia. Um, so uh, basically, and what happens is, I mean, you, we're all on social network. Like you get bot friend requests. I get it from like, you know, girls trying to sell like yes. bot girls, you know, like everybody gets bot friend requests. And, but some people are like, stupid people are like, yeah, I'll be your friend. I have no idea who you are, but I'll be your Facebook friend. So like these bots integrate a few real people into their network. So it yep. works twofold where the people in their network, real people see this and they're like, oh shit. Okay. Visibility. And also Facebook algorithm takes the number, you know, this, the number of shares into account on how often it shows things. Yes. Um, so if it sees it has 2 million shares, it's going to share it to a lot of people that are even outside that network. I'm not going to lie. 
I've been, I've been like friend requested by these bots or whatever, just fake profiles. And I see that some of my high school friends have accepted them and all think, even me in the digital marketing world who should know better, I'll think twice about, do I know this person? Like, did I go to high school with them? Like, who is this? And I'll like spend 15 minutes trying to rack my brain if I know this bot because mm -hmm. my fucking high school friends or, you know, acquaintances, let's call them acquaintances, <laughs> uh, <laughs> also friended this person. And I'm like, it, I have to know them. Yeah. And that's how they get you. So these bots like build up their own network and then they're friends with each other too, yeah. right? So like, yeah. it's like this little pod and it creates this little like sharing circle for liberals, for conservatives, for it, like buckets people in yeah. these different bots. And then just my last piece on that and why I, I, despise Facebook is I literally called, I got pushed up like five ranks at Facebook. I called whatever the ad rep was. I started throwing a fist. He, he passed me up to his higher up. I was throwing a fit, passed me up to a higher up, throwing a fit. And I got pretty high up in Facebook with this complaint. And I was like, these, these are bots sharing our information. I no longer want them on my page. Like, how can I get them off of this page, this content producer's page? Like, how can I have them? I just want them off. Like, right. they've liked my page. I want them off. And the answer Facebook gave me was like, yeah, you can't do anything about it. Oh, my God. First of all, I am beyond impressed that you got a hold of one person at Facebook, <laughs> let alone five people. Like, I just want to take a moment. <laughs> you, you, you've seen me where I, I, I get angry and you don't like me when I'm angry. You know, I caused a stink at Facebook because I was pissed off. I'm like, why are these bots sharing this information? I don't want it. Not, there was no like moral guidance to that. Cause I didn't know it was happening everywhere. Like I only saw it in my little bucket, but I was just mad. It's throwing off my metrics. Like it's throwing <laughs> off my shit. Like I was I'm not getting say good data. Oh my God. You that's know? so funny. I love that you pointed that out. Cause I'm thinking, well, you know, they're still sharing your content and it's actually good content. It kind of, they're trying to say, yeah, Hillary lied about this, but you're curating a title to say Hillary did not lie about this. And they're yeah. still sharing that to conservatives. So like you're actually getting your message message across through the, the red side of this yeah. nation, but you're like, but your biggest vendetta was like, my fucking numbers are getting all fucked up. Yeah. Like I can't this... make good marketing decisions <laughs> if you give me bullshit numbers and yeah. I'll stop using your fucking platform, Facebook, if you keep giving me bullshit numbers. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was a all tangent, right. but I think it was worth it. I yeah. think it was worth it. But because I think these disinformation campaigns have been going on for a long time. I don't think Russia's new to it. Um, and the US was doing it with with people in the UFO industry to tie this all back. Like, let me give you an example. Richard Doty is the guy, the agent, the mirage man. And he their most notable case that he worked on was the case of uh, Paul Benowitz. Paul was a business owner of this like electronic uh, scientific development company. And he worked with like NASA and the CIA. So he was the owner of this company. He was really smart, knew a lot about electronics, worked with some government agencies. Um, and he actually lived near a military base in Albuquerque. And when he would go out on his porch, he could like look over the military base and kind of see the whole thing. Um, and one night on his porch, he's hanging out there and he sees two lights rising above the base and then they just jet off really quickly and go behind the mountains and land like a, a couple miles away and he's like that was weird 
And so he goes out the same time next week, and it's the same thing. Two lights rise up, they jet out over the mountains, come back. So him being like this electronic engineer and this guy, like this creative guy, he puts together this like radio listening device so he can listen in on the base when they're doing this so he can understand what they're trying to go for. And somehow the base gets a hold of this. They, they maybe pick up on his frequencies, something like that. So they send Richard Doty out to make friends with him. And Richard Doty shows up. He's like, hey, I heard what you're doing. Let me help with your research. Doty started doing this over months and months and months. He would go so far as he set up a fake crash landing. Like they took like scrap materials and just threw it in the desert. And then he went to Paul and was like, hey, you got to come quick. Like come in the helicopter. Like we, we just had a crash landing right over the hill. And he like took him over there, flew him and it was totally faked. But he was telling Benowitz like this is an alien craft that crashed right here. He broke into Paul Benowitz's house, switched out his computer so then he could start sending Paul like messages that Paul was trying to capture. Like it was messages from the aliens and they were like, we're here because our planet ran out of water. Like we need help taking water. Um, We're planning this. We're going to, we're, we're going to take over humanity. Like you are the ones that know about this. You're the only one that knows about this. I am sorry, but that is so next level. Like you're not even feeding disinformation. You're fucking with someone's psyche, which is just like, to me, it's just devastating to hear this. Like on a personal level, you're like, did Paul Benowitz fucking go into a psych ward after this? Like, did he lose his goddamn mind? Yeah, he went into a mental tailspin. Yeah, as anyone would. I mean, he went into a complete mental tailspin. Like, that's just next level. Yeah, uh, he started writing. He wrote congressmen, TV stations. He wrote, like, the president asking him to take this threat seriously. Like, it escalated to a point that Benowitz believed that he knew of the date and location that the aliens were going to gather to start their world domination. So he was like, this is the date. Here's where they're landing. Like, I know they're coming um, and they're going to try to wipe us out. So he was freaking out. Was he able to take like he has proof of these messages, right? Like if if uh, what's his name? Dottie is fucking with his head and and sending messages as the aliens. Benowitz has this proof that he should take to Congress or whatever. Like, was he able to provide that and Congress still didn't take him seriously? Or like, what was that situation? Yeah, no, he he shared everything and nobody took him seriously. What? They were like, this guy's just lunatic. Because it, it is, it's crazy. And that's crazy. And that's, I told you, two real UFO incidents and now yeah. they're like, you can see how the line gets blended with how they do their PR game where like an alien invasion, one person like knowing the the date and location of an alien invasion is crazy. That's like, you just hear that. That's a crazy person talking, um, not by his own fault, but like by the information they were feeding him deliberately. And it discredits, is designed to discredit the whole movement. Because like you hear about this dude that just believes there's an alien invasion and you're like, these fucking UFO people, like you can't help but group them together at that point, gotcha. right? So the point of feeding this disinformation was to decredit every UFO site. Correct. Because Benowitz was so fucking far out there and saying he's actually going to like, he has proof that there's going to be an invasion 
that now he's grouped in with all of these UFO sightings. Yep. And he is he is by far not the only example of this, but he is the most notable. Paul Benowitz is the most notable example because unfortunately it doesn't have a happy ending. Um, he was committed to a psych ward for paranoia. <sighs> I mean, they I don't blame him. They literally rented the house across the street from him and would like watch him from across the street. I mean, why they were like going so hard on this dude that just wanted to know about two lights flying over over is crazy Disgusting. but yeah he he went into a sight ward and unfortunately he ended up committing suicide like it was a big deal and that's why we know about this information because there was a lawsuit you know obviously from the family that's like you purposely drove this dude crazy how did they find out though through through the lawsuit like they sued the government they were like how did the family find out well they just felt that for a long time they were the ones that committed him to the psych ward and they felt for a long time he was just slipping and slipping but he still had these people around him like richard Doty and gotcha. other people like feeding him and kind of feeding into this and his family would get him to stop and they knew these guys worked for the government and paul was trying to like defend himself he's like no these guys are in the government and they're telling me these things like this gotcha. is real Gotcha. So they knew gotcha. at least that much, right? And then it just kind of like waterfalled from there. It's crazy, crazy. But they've been doing that for a long time. So, I, I mean, let me just straight up ask you, like, why do you think they would go through such great lengths rather than just to like ask him to stop? Just be like, hey, man, yeah. this is secret shit. Like, stop. Why do you think they would take this and try to feed disinformation than just asking somebody who had worked with the government to just, yeah. hey, man, this is secret. You got to stop. It's so manipulative and it's like gaslighting that you have to think that like Dodie and whoever behind this is just a fucking psychopath, really. But honestly, I think that there's an element of if they tell him to stop and he doesn't stop, there's an element of risk involved. Mm -hmm. If he's like, hey, dude, we don't know what's happening. We want to be honest with you. Can you just cut it out? He's like even more in in interested in it now. So I think there's that element of risk involved that he becomes more fascinated and digs even deeper into this. Because um, if there's no consequences involved, what would get him to stop? You know? Agreed. If he's curious, right? Right. I wouldn't stop. I'd be like, I think I'm onto something. Mm -hmm. So I think that manipulation mm -hmm. tactic is is the next in line. Let's just make it seems so outlandish. Do I think that they ever had intentions of committing him to a psych ward? No, I don't. But the tactics they used are just morally reprehensible. We talk about the dark side of marketing a lot. And I think that is the dark side of yes. PR too. Like you, we see not yes. just the government, but brands, the PR spin so they say, right? Like it is, yeah. it is literally just manipulating information and perspective for self-benefit. Yeah. They don't always have the intentions of manipulating people or gaslighting people, but sometimes it comes yep. out that way. And not that it's ever started off as quote unquote innocent, but it did start off as just a tactic, as just a strategy. And I think in our industry, we're all about running A-B testing. We're all about running strategy and then pivoting. And so often in PR, it's like, hey, let's throw this out there and mm -hmm. see if it works. The dark side isn't often thought about until you see someone fucking commit suicide and then yeah. you never oh, do it again. I, I, hope. I think they continued it. But I, I, I think you've made a great point 
Um, because now uh, you, we see traditional PR kind of, you know, it's still around, like getting placed on these shows or whatever, Good Morning America, whatever. Yeah. But we do see it transitioning more to a digital PR because I think the way people get information is changing and social media is a big part of that. So I did want to ask you about social media because that's kind of your side of our our agency too is I think a big thing with social media is the disinformation. We talked about QAnon and all these conspiracy theories you're in social media is there anything you think these companies social media platforms can do to combat disinformation or do you think it's just kind of the name of the game now like you just need to figure it out yourself no it's too big it's too big to manage and i don't want to be redundant i can't remember if we've talked about this before so i'll try to keep it brief but the algorithm is too intelligent for the people to manage. We've created something and there's no going back. So I think that's why we see Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg really coming under a lot of fire these days because he's created something that again, didn't have horrible intentions, but now that people are manipulating the system and manipulating the information and figuring out that they can get away with it, we will always be fed the type of information that we click on. So if I decide that, hey, this UFO sighting is something that I'm really interested in, I will click on that one article and I will be fed UFO sightings again and again and again because Facebook makes their money off of me reading about mm -hmm. UFO sightings. So unfortunately, the algorithm has just gotten away from us. And I hope that answered your question. No, that absolutely does. Because I hit the same thing. And then I was thinking about this and I had an idea. It, it goes against my data analyst brain in marketing. But I wanted to toss out, like, what do you think would happen if they turned off the metrics because I think like you can't see how many views or how many likes for personal and business. Like you can't see, you just generate likes, you just generate shares, but they always show that uh -huh. as well. And what if they don't display those metrics? Do you think, because I think the problem is like people understand that and they're like, this must be reputable. Yeah, this is our, this is my heroin now. Like views and visibility is like, I crave it. I need it. We see it with businesses and influencers that's how every that's the name of the game with social media is visibility yes right so like do you think that would change if they just hid yes. those metrics and nobody could see it and you were just like your likes are like personal likes like yeah nobody can see how many likes you got on a pay or a picture or whatever I'm interested to hear a little bit more about why you think it would help or not help but I'm thinking that likes and shares are all vanity metrics. And we tell mm. our clients that all the time. It's like, it's nice to see you have a lot of likes, but what's really important is how many impressions is this getting? So who is this being shown to? And, and did we hit it by getting it displayed on more accounts this time around? Mm -hmm. So we always say that likes and shares are vanity metrics that we shouldn't necessarily go by and build strategy off of. When you say, would it help if that was just hidden across the board? I'm wondering, and I'm thinking that, well, my answer is yes, because people see disinformation, but they see that it's been shared a hundred million times or liked a hundred million times and they think it's yeah. reputable. And so mm -hmm. they will reshare this. I did this actually, I'm gonna just call myself out. 
the other day I shared something on our own account. It was just a tweet. It was a vaccination tweet. It said something along the lines of like 100% of living presidents have been vaccinated, 100% of governors. And then it said 99% of people dying from COVID have not been vaccinated. And I reshared that. And then a day later, I was like, fuck, I did not do my research. (laughs) I was like, I have no idea if that's true or not. And I like went through a little bit of the like moral apprehension because I was like, I'm so horrible because here I am preaching how marketing is so manipulative. And then I just reshare something on a whim. (laughs) I've I've learned through my many through my many years doing analytics on the back end of social media that when you post content on social media, the headline is basically a status update. Like they took away the status update, but people, if they like the headline, will just share it because it's like a status. It's like a mood, like you're feeling like talking about Hillary Clinton operates a sex dungeon (laughs) in a pizza parlor. Like that's your, that's what your mood is today. So yeah, no, I think that's a big thing. Like, and running these analytics, we, we, you know, you get like 50,000 shares on a piece and 5,000 clicks to the actual page, Mm -hmm. you know, like um they they're sharing headlines they're not really doing information so i do think like and i agree with you that shares and likes are vanity metrics for clients like great cool people engaged awesome but you hit on it like impressions are the big thing right now because just so saturated in social media you want to be visible impressions show that you were visible that you were being seen like that's all you can do right now right i also just thought of something there's kind of two sides of a post so from a consumer standpoint and from like your audience standpoint you're seeing all of these likes and shares and you're saying okay that content is reputable i'm gonna reshare it without ever doing any fact checking So from a consumer standpoint, if we get rid of the likes and shares, they might not know whether that's reputable or not. And it could just be garbage. And maybe they would hesitate before resharing disinformation. So yes, removing Mm -hmm. those likes and vanity metrics could help from a consumer standpoint. However, then you think about the other side of things. And on our side, we're still seeing those metrics. So even though the consumer doesn't see how many likes there are, we still see internally and on the back end how many likes that is. So someone who spreads disinformation is saying, hey, this got a lot of likes, this resonated with people. So I'm going to continue to push Mm. out that style of content. And so while I think just to answer your original question is, do you think likes and shares, just removing those would help the spread of disinformation? I'm very divided. From a consumer standpoint, yes, people would not reshare it as often because they don't know if it's reputable and they don't want to look like a fool. Mm -hmm. But from someone who's pushing out that content, they're going to see that it resonates and they're going to continue to push out the same amount, same style, same disinformation that works. Yep. I totally agree with you. And you know, it's like, it's like the, it's just, we're too deep down this rabbit hole. Ideally, in my view, you pull it from everybody, including marketers, and then the whole system crumbles. The whole system Um, crumbles. You can't do that. Totally. No, Um, but you see it all the time. And this is what social media has delved into is you have content creators and brands creating content, massive amounts of content for a consumer base that barely creates their own content anymore. I mean, how many people do have you talked to or, you know, that have a TikTok, but don't make TikToks? 
right? Like they just consume TikTok. So it's like this small group of content creators getting a bunch of visibility for this massive consumer base. And I think if you take away the metrics, it just, the consumer base starts to lose that kind of, I'm going to share this because yeah. 20 people liked it. Exactly. You know? Well, and you don't want to follow someone who isn't popular or like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some people want to be the first to find someone, but I mean, we take TikTok and, and I won't even like drop names or anything, but like TikTok influencers who have gained a massive and insane amount of followers. Do I think they would have ever gained that amount of followers had we taken away the metric? Absolutely not. Because people like to bandwagon. People want to know what's trendy. People want to be mm -hmm. informed. And so mm -hmm. they're going to follow TikToker X to see what she's been up to and to see what types of dances she does. I think I know that I'm not versed in TikTok and I think I know the exact TikToker you're talking about without actually like saying, we're not going to give her airtime, but no, as, soon as, her, her air as soon as you were like X TikToker X and her, and I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly. Well, you know, it's not going to be a guy. So yeah. Okay. Okay. There's, there's the whole like, you know, guy dancing with his hips, TikTok, like <laughs> community, like shirtless, like, yeah. you know, no, I don't know. There's that community too. For sure, um, for sure. Okay, but we'll round that out. I just think disinformation is a huge issue in the UFO world and beyond, clearly, and we need to do something. Social media is the, the new frontier. We got it wrong in public relations. There was a lot of fucked up shit that happened. Yeah. Social media is the next frontier in that, and we really should be combating that. Yeah. But let's just bring this conversation back, like a UFO disappearing and reappearing a mile um, a mile down the road in the blink of an eye, let's bring it back to UFOs. The last piece I have for you is, you know, they did this disinformation. We talked about it briefly at the beginning in 2016, they released like a little, they released some videos, um, of some, some crafts. And then just in June or July, I think it was early July, they released a full report. The government came out with a full, it was like a hundred something page report that listed out like over a thousand cases that they studied. Mm -hmm. They listed them out and their conclusions. And they're basically saying like, hey, our pilots are seeing these things like frequently, like not just here and there, like they're seeing them often. And they're releasing the report. They they ended with like, they studied over a thousand and they ended with like 144 that they said, there's no explanation. We do not know what this was. We do not know what it is. We just don't know. So that's where we're at today. And my last question to you on the PR front is like, why the change? Mm. Why now? Why do you think they just turned on a dime and said, okay, you got us. We, we have studied it and we don't know what this is. Like, why would the government admit to something they don't know? Uh, coming, putting your PR hat on. Like, why do you think they changed that? I think there's two reasons. I think one, it's gotten out of control. It's the information is out there. There's too many people that know about it. There's too many people that have had sightings themselves for the government to really put a cap on it anymore. Like this isn't, when was Dottie kind of in action and Benowitz? Like 70s and 80s. 70s. Yeah, like the 80s. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think the spread of information is uh, too big. 
So that's mm, one reason. Great point. It's gotten too big for them to handle and they needed to address it. Why they would come out and say, I don't know. It, it seems very ungovernmental like. <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> It's true, though. It's you true. think that they would make up something. Um, so personally, as someone who values transparency, I'm like, way to go, government. Way to just own the fact that you don't know something. No, I totally agree with you. And I think you hit the nail on the head. My thinking is, because I'm I'm like super nerdy about this, is A, you're exactly right. The dissemination of information so fast on top of the fact that everybody's holding a camera in their pocket at all times. Yes. There's no way you can there's you can keep information. We see it with like, you know, when there's dictators trying to suppress people coming, like tweeting, like they shut down the internet in a country when they're doing something awful. Yeah. They try to repress that. People still get information out. Like there's just no way to keep the lid on because information's disseminated so quickly now. And I think mm-hmm. the other piece of that is, and this one seems very real to me, is the fact that the military is scared that not that these are aliens coming in, but that it's Russia or China coming up with some huge right. scientific advancement that they are just blown away by. And they're like, we don't know. We can't compete. Like, this is crazy. So I think it's a little bit right. like a humbling thing that they're like, we're maybe not the biggest and baddest thing on this planet anymore. Like there might be supersonic, hypersonic jets that are able to just buzz around and stop on a dime. I personally don't think that that is the case. I'd like to believe in the <laughs> UFO angle um, and not believe that it's China or Russia only because I feel like each one of our countries has advanced technologically wise at the same mm. pace. And so for them all of a sudden in 2020 to be like, oh yeah, by the way, we've been withholding this technology forever for how many years? Like, meanwhile, we've been keeping on pace with fucking cell phones, with uh, electric cars, with all of this technology, but we've just been kind of keeping this in our back pocket. Like for three countries that really pride themselves on being like, I'm number one, the, you know, the chances of them just like holding this in their back pocket is just not realistic. Uh, I'm going to push back with you on that i think it's released to the public at our rate so we feel like it's the same pace because as soon as it's out it's out to Mm. everybody right um so we perceive it as the same pace but you know like i'm i'm thinking back like you know there's a a, they say roswell was like a, a a high altitude balloon that measured like nuclear blasts from russia and it was in new mexico like it would just like measure vibrations from blasts so they could track russia and that was like super high-tech shit back in the day um way advanced beyond any other country so like i think like the precipice of the future technology is always going to be in the military's hand until they're like "Eh, okay this is kind of basic now we'll release it to the public but roswell was still united it it was yeah yeah yeah, still united states but it was like front-end technology right it was like the precipice of like new technology oh i got you i got you time at least i'm with you though i prefer to feel like it's aliens because that's a lot more fun (laughs) that's a lot more do we call them aliens i don't know extraterrestrials et's i don't know i don't know it's 2021 so i just want to be politically correct 
If you enjoyed the subject today and want to read more, be sure to visit our website, mcmillanphillips.com to see extra content, links to resources, and some juicy details we couldn't include today. See you there.